I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Thank you for joining me again today. We're going to continue our study on how to develop the practice of secret prayer. Um, This is number four, but before we do, I would like to enter in with prayer. So if you would like to join me, Heavenly Father, I thank you, I praise you, and I worship you. That ultimately, Father God, it's you that we long for, you that we desire, and you're the reason we are continuing to do our teaching today. I pray for the listener, Father. I pray the eyes of their heart would be opened and enlightened. I pray that they would understand by revelation, Father, how to pray and how to enter into your presence in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here with me that you'll rise up big within me, give illumination to my mind and understanding to my spirit. And I thank you for the good reports that we will hear of people who have developed their prayer life and their prayer habit and their devotional time. Because I thank you, Father, that this word will be preached to all the world. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for everything that's done. So we're going to continue our study on how to develop the habit of secret prayer. By way of review, we just want to first of all say that you have to decide on a time that works best for you where you will not be interrupted. Number two, we would encourage you to find a spot in your home that you can call your prayer closet, a place where you can go to be alone with God, again, where you won't be interrupted. You want to call it your space. You could make it the corner of a room. You could make it your office. You can make it a literal closet. You can make it your kitchen table, wherever it is that you will go to for prayer on a continual basis. Number three, we said this before, we will continue to say it. I want to encourage you to begin where you are and the Lord, the Holy Spirit will perfect your prayer life, meaning he will help you to develop in your time alone with him. But begin with 15 minutes But ultimately, we do want our time alone with him to be at least one hour. Number four, we want to begin by stirring ourselves up. Um, How do you stir yourself up? You could stir yourself up with words you understand or words, uh, you know, where you go to God and you talk to him about anything and everything. You could stir yourself up by using the Bible and using scripture. And we talked about that. And number three, I really would encourage you to make sure you go back and review. Um, Number three, we want to sing with words you understand, like a scripture or a song. And I I practice that frequently. Um, We want to sing with tongues or the Bible calls it singing in the spirit. And we also talked a lot about having the right music that the right music helps us to get focused and center on the Lord, that the right music will help to usher in the presence of God. The right music will help your mind be stayed or fixed on Jesus. Just just find a song that you would enjoy to listen to that helps you to get into the presence of God. We talked about, um, the last thing we talked about was 
as your mind quiets after you've drawn in and you've gotten into the presence of God, as your mind quiets, we found out that what we need to do is we need to draw inward. And this is the place where you become centered and you become focused. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Another translation says you will keep him in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. As you enter into this place of prayer, what you want to do is you want to quiet your mind. And we found out that we can control our thought life, that when we are praying and our mind begins to wander and we start thinking about what's in the refrigerator or we start thinking about the schedule of the day, that we have control over our thought life, we have control over our minds. So what we need to do is we need to harness our minds and we need to quiet our minds because our, the reason we're here in this place of prayer is to seek the face of God and not for our minds to be wandering off. It's a much more fulfilling time of prayer when you quiet your mind, when you harness your mind, when you bring your mind and your thoughts focused in on Jesus. We talked about drawing inward or looking into our hearts. We have natural eyes that look out, but we also have spiritual eyes that we can look in. It's like you have eyes behind your eyes, and I call it just drawing inward or looking into your heart. And we gave you several scriptures. The Bible says that know ye not that you are the temple the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, as God has said, I'll dwell in them, I'll walk in them, I'll be their God, they'll be my people. Under the old covenant, God used to dwell in houses made with hands, but now under the New Testament, you and I are the house of God or the house of prayer, so we could pray any time, any place. But again, the focus is quieting our mind and drawing inward. Okay, and that's the place where you begin to develop a, a more of a practice of intimacy with Jesus. We said that you have an inward life and you have an outward life. What we want to do and what we're teaching you to do is we're teaching you how to develop your inward life. Now, let's move on. After you've found the quiet place, after you've decided on a time found a quiet place, you've quieted your mind, you're drawing inward, you're focusing your attention is on Jesus. Number six, what we want to do is we want to use our spiritual imagination. When you're in that place of prayer, yes, we're focusing our attention on Jesus or the Heavenly Father, and we want to use our spiritual imagination. Now just stay with me and I'll show you how to do it. Hebrews 12:2 says, "We must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads and makes our faith complete." So we want to keep our eyes on Jesus. Exodus 33:11 says, "And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face just like a friend. What are you saying? What I'm saying is you can use your spiritual imagination in the place of prayer. You can imagine with your, with your mind that you're looking into the face of Jesus 
or you're looking into the face of your heavenly father. The Bible says we're keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. You see, this kind of intimacy is developed where we have a face-to-face relationship with him, where you're looking at him and he's looking at you and you're not afraid. Moses had that kind of relationship with God, but it didn't start out that way. We found out as we read through the scriptures that Moses, when God first appeared to him, the Bible says he was afraid to look on God or afraid to look on the face of Jesus or God. In that case, it was God. But as he learned about God by spending time with him and by learning about his character, the Bible says he ultimately was a man after God's own heart. He ultimately was a man who went down in Bible history who knew God face to face. So when we're talking about you and I developing our prayer life, we're talking about using our spiritual imagination and imagining God imagining God looking at us and us looking at him. Okay, now let's give you, I want to give you some visuals for using your spiritual imagination. And this is some of the things that I do. Here's a visual for using your spiritual imagination when you're in that place of prayer. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This is at the home of Mary and Martha. And it says here, and Jesus and his disciples were on their way And he came to a village where there was a woman named Martha, and she opened her home to him. And she had a sister, Mary. Now listen, we're talking about using your spiritual imagination. You're in the place of prayer. You've quieted your mind. You've drawn inward. And you're using your mind. You're using your spiritual imagination, and you want to focus in on Jesus. So this is what Mary did. The Bible says she sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and she asked and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Obviously, Martha was upset and she was distracted and she was angry at her sister. And Jesus said to Martha, he said, Martha, He said, you are worried and upset about many things, he said, but few things are needed or indeed only one. We're talking about the secret place of prayer. There is only one thing needed. And he said, and Mary has chosen what is better. She has made a decision that she is setting her affections on things above not on the things of this earth. She has made a decision that she is going to focus her attention and her affection on me, and she is not going to allow anything to distract her from being intimate with me. So Mary Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Just, just a little side journey here. Notice Jesus said, it will not be taken away from her. When you leave that place of prayer, you take something with you, and it is the presence of God, the awe of God, the the intimacy you just had with God. And that's something that no man, no person on the face of this earth can give you. And that's the beauty of spending time with the Lord. But I want you to notice, we're talking about using your spiritual imagination. 
The Bible says that Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. We're talking focus here. We're talking about looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your destiny, your faith, your life. And this to me paints a beautiful visual of what we can do when we're in our prayer time and in our prayer closet. And I use this quite often. I envision or I use my mind and I envision myself like Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and just looking up at him and spending time with him and listening to him. And in that place of prayer or when I'm in that place, I'll be praying in, the, in tongues or I'll be worshiping in the spirit, meaning singing in spirit, or I'll be reading scripture or I'll be giving, uh, making my requests known to him through the prayer of petition. And so it's a good thing to do to use your spiritual imagination because it, it helps us to stay centered and focused on him when you've got something to think about. Now here's, here's another um, visual that I like to use. I found this in the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 8 through 14. The Bible says, actually, yeah, in verse 8, it says, And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elder, elders fell down before the Lamb, each one having a harp, and they held golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Side journey here. When you enter into the secret place of prayer, guaranteed, because the Bible says it, when you pray, your prayers are going up before the throne of God. And the Bible says, according to Revelations 5, 8, it is like an incense and a sweet smelling uh, 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 incense that goes up before the throne of God. So every time you pray, every time you enter into the secret place of prayer, your prayers are not only being heard, but they're going up before the throne of God. Why? How do you know that? Because the Bible says so. Okay, now this is what they were say, this is what they were singing, and this is actually what's going on in heaven right now. And this is a beautiful, beautiful visual that you can use when you pray. And the Bible says, and they sang a new song with these words. Now they're before the throne of God, they're before the throne of grace, and this is what they're saying. You, Jesus, are worthy to take the scroll and to break its seals and to open it, for you were slaughtered. And your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and nation. Now that's what's going on in heaven right now. And the Bible says, though we're absent in the flesh, we're present in the spirit. Meaning when we're absent from God because of the bodies that separate from him, the reality is we're already present with him in the spirit realm. So this is already going on in heaven right now. The only thing that separates us from heaven are these physical bodies. And it says here, and, you ha and, and, and in heaven there's people from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. And we are one big family. And it, they're going on and they're going on and they're saying, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then Paul goes on to say, he says, and I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions 
of angels around the throne and of the four living beings and of the elders. And this is what they were, were singing. And this is what they are singing right now in heaven. Now, now remember, we're talking about using your spiritual imagination. So when you enter into prayer, you can enter into these kinds of this kind of worship with all the saints of God in heaven. And just think about it and imagine it. And this is what they're singing. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, under the earth and the sea, and they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belongs to one who is sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever. This speaks of Jesus, and this speaks of all of heaven worshiping. And the Bible says in verse 14, And the four living beings said, Amen, and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lord. So we're talking about using visuals. And I like to take visuals from the Word of God, and I practice these visuals in my time of prayer. And it helps me to stay focused and centered on Him especially in the times when my mind is really distracted. Now, before we go any further, I want to read you something that I read out of Kenneth E. Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions. And Kenneth E. Hagin was a true man of God, a true prophet, prophet and, 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 and his life not only spoke of his stability, but he was a man of the Word, and he was a man of the Spirit. And he had many visions of Jesus, and he wrote about them in his book. And this is something I took out of his book, I Believe in Visions. And he said in his book, Kenneth E. Hagin said, Jesus talked with me for nearly an hour. I saw him as plainly as I ever saw anyone in this life, and I heard him speak. Now, I personally have never had any visions. I don't pray for visions. I don't pray for these kinds of things. This is all as the Spirit wills. So you don't want to be praying for these kind of things. If God, you know, has a need to give you this kind of manifestation, then he will. But I wouldn't be seeking after visions. Or, you know, the devil will, uh, the devil will you know, make a way where he could, you know, make sure that happens. And that's when we get into trouble because the Bible says, believe not every spirit. There are many spirits in the world. This happened to Kenneth Hagin and he never prayed for it. It's just something that God did as he willed. And it says here, and for the first time, I actually looked into Jesus's eyes. Many times when relating this experience, I am asked, what did his eyes look like? All I can say is that they look like wells of living love. I love that. It seemed as if one could see a half mile down into them, and the tender look of love in his eyes is indescribable. As I looked into his face and into his eyes, he said, I fell at his feet. I noticed then that her, his feet were bare, and I laid the palms of my hand on top of his feet, and then I laid my forehead on the back of my hands. Weeping, I said, Oh, Lord, no one is as unworthy as me should look upon your face. And Jesus told me to stand up on my feet. He said, I stood up, and he said to me, I call you worthy to look upon my face because I have cleansed you from all sin. I love that visual. I love it when we can just look into the face of Jesus and not be afraid. Just look right into his eyes and know that when he looks at us, he's looking at us with eyes of love and not eyes of condemnation.
let's go on. After you've practiced visualization and used your spiritual imagination, number seven, let yourself go and surrender to him. There is a place in prayer where you reach a place and it's time for you just to let yourself go and surrender to him. When Jesus was praying in the garden, the Bible says he went forward a little and he fell to the ground and he completely surrendered himself, spirit, soul, and body to the heavenly father. And there is a place in prayer. And like we said, some things are better caught than taught. When you're in that place, let yourself grow. Just let yourself go. What does that mean? Let go of the cares. Let go of the mistrust. Let go of the thoughts of yourself and just be with God and remember that he loves you and that it's okay. You know, if you really trust somebody, you're going to open up your heart and you're going to rest when you're with them. Let me tell you, the Bible says in Jeremiah 31:3, God said, I've loved you with an everlasting love and with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And if I've drawn you and you're in this place with me, relax. It's okay. Just let yourself go. Cast all your cares, all your concerns on me and know that you can trust me. I am a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not disappoint you. I will not divorce you. I will stand with you and I will be with you in trouble. Let yourself go. Just surrender to him. Don't hold anything back. Are you listening? So it's a place in prayer where you let yourself go and you surrender to him. Number eight, I know I'm taking these in steps, but this is the only way I know how to teach you. Number eight, and very oftentimes these all flow, they flow in different ways. But for the sake of teaching, I'm methodically showing you how to enter in. Number eight, practice silence and inwardly reflect on him. Psalms 4610a says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Prayer is communication, and it's not just a one-way street. There comes a time in prayer where you just gotta be, you just gotta be quiet. Where you have to be still and know that He is God. Practice silence and inwardly reflect on Him. Psalms chapter 4, verse 3 says, Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Psalm 62 5 says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is of him. So it's a place of prayer where you're practicing silence, you're drawing inward, you're reflecting on him, and it puts your heart and your soul in a place of expecting to receive something from him. It's almost like you've got your ears up and you're ready to hear from him. It's a place in the spirit 
that God will draw you in too as you practice this kind of prayer. Reflection defined. It's a contemplative, meditative, characterized by quiet thought or contemplation. Capable of reflecting light, images, or sound waves. I like that. Characterize, I like this, by quiet thought or contemplation. Now, when I say inward reflection, this is what I mean. You're in that place of prayer, and your expectation is of Him, and you're thinking about Him, and you're thinking about who are you, God, and you're thinking about His character, and you're thinking about His love for you, and your love for Him. Many times I tell God, you know, I just want you to know you said to me that you love me with an everlasting love and that no good thing will you withhold from me. And I say to you, God, right back at you. I love you, Father, with an everlasting love and no good thing will I withhold from you. Prayers communication. In that time of inward reflection, think about who is God. Think, just think about Him. Or you might have like a song of worship in your heart. It's an internal song of worship. Or you may be just standing in awe of Him. I've had that happen. You know, I'll have a song in my heart and then just inwardly reflecting on Him and I'll be singing that song in the quiet place of my heart. And it just keeps going over and over and over and over again. You could sense His presence but you can't see him when you're in that place. Luke chapter 12, verse 33 says, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked on the road with us and while he opened the scriptures to us? It's a place of prayer where you're inward. You're reflecting on him and you can't see him, but he's there. Now, he's always there anyway, whether you feel him or not, he's always there. But there's times in prayer, I, there's a, quiet, a sweet, quiet moment where you really can sense his presence. And that's when prayer becomes a delight. That's when it really starts to become fun because once you've tasted of that, there is no going back. Number nine, Listen, like we said, prayer is communication or communion. Communion defined as an exchange of thoughts or emotions. Oh yeah, emotions. God is an emotional God. He's very stable and he's always the same. He doesn't change, but I could guarantee you he has emotions. If you've ever had any kind of identification and intercession, those of you that know how to pray, the art of intercession, you know God has emotions it's sharing in common or participation. The word communication means an act or instance of transmitting or conveyed a verbal or written message. We're talking communication. So learn to listen. So how does God speak? God speaks in a verbal or written message. I often say to people, you know what? If you're not hearing anything, God, you can go just as much as by what, but what God doesn't say as much as by what he does say. If he's not saying anything, just be at peace. 
But how does he speak when he speaks? Well, number one, he'll always speak in line with his word. So if you want to hear from God, just go to the Bible and you will have a word from God. Number two, he also speaks through an inward witness, inward witness, an inward knowing, an inward witness, just a witness. It's just, you just know that you know that you know. If you're praying about something and you need a direction and you bring that before God, something on the inside, you just know that you know that you know that you know it feels right. It's a green light. It doesn't feel like a sandpaper kind of a feeling. It feels more like a soft, velvety kind of a feeling. It's an inward witness. And if you don't have that inward witness and you don't really know what to do, well, then wait. Be still and know that he is God and he'll show you what to do. And remember this, God is not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. So you might be in a hurry, but God isn't in a hurry. Oftentimes we get into trouble when we get into a hurry. So that inward witness or the voice of your conscience. As a New Testament believer, you can trust the voice of your conscience. Your conscience can be your guide because you're born again. You're alive unto God and he speaks through your conscience. Psalms 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you pray, you can trust the desires of your heart. So listen. And so... What I would encourage you to do is after you've done praying and you may have had a scripture come to you or you may have had a song come to you or you may have a desire or an inner witness, I would encourage you to write that down in your journal. Because if you don't write it down, you'll get up from that place of prayer, you'll go do your thing in, 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 the, you know, in this world that we live in and we'll forget about it. But if you write it down in your journal, the next time you go to pray, you can reflect on the things that God said to you in that place of prayer or the things that you said to God. Now, in conclusion, how should I pray? Or how frequently should I pray? You better know how to pray after this teaching. How frequently should I pray? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 11, the scripture says, give us this day our daily bread. I would encourage you to practice secret prayer on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.